The Sport Industry Access Podcast, episode 102. How can mobile learning support teachers in physical education? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in physical education. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Adam Levo. Adam is an associate lecturer at Edge Hill University and founder of Mr. Adam PE blog, where he specialises in supporting teachers and students to use meaningful technology in physical education. I have to say, it's brilliant to have Adam as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode, Adam will share his sports career journey and explain to you how mobile learning can support teachers in physical education. Adam, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to listeners? When did it all start? Well, it's all really started from, a, to be honest, with a young age. I was um, always interested in sport. Um, I remember, if I really think back, my father used to take me to gymnastics when I was five, six years old. And I remember that my gymnastics instructor actually became my PE teacher at secondary school later on in life. Uh, always played football, was always a keen cross-country runner and loved track, so really enjoyed sport from a very young age. Um, though I spent quite a lot of time with my granddad when I was younger. Uh, he was always brilliant around kids, really fun to be around, and was actually a headmaster of a primary school. And he actually was, not knowing this at the time, but he was actually given an MBE for his services to ed- education as a primary school head teacher which obviously is a massive influence on anyone's career. And I think that was definitely a a huge influence on my actual career choice. I always had great PE teachers. um, And obviously I spent a lot of time with my granddad and having those, uh, that time with him. And I used to caddy for him while he played golf at weekends. It was just a brilliant uh, way of loving sport, but also education. Unfortunately, my granddad passed away when I was uh, 16, 17, so I never was able to have those sort of deep and meaningful conversations about education and, and what his thoughts were of how the profession has, has now changed. But, um, yeah, it's just been a, a, a rock and roll story, sort of wanting to be a PE teacher from eight years old. Um, done everything in my career so far when I left school at 16 I actually went back to my high school to carry on working just one day a week in the PE department because it was something that I'd always dreamed of being was a PE teacher so went through college um, went through a sports science undergrad degree at Edge Hill and then I applied for the postgraduate certificate in education and I actually didn't get on at first I was late applying I didn't I didn't get on first time 
and then it was literally about three weeks before the summer and I got an email to say that I'd now been accepted uh, for one reason or another, which obviously I was ecstatic about because it was the only thing I'd ever wanted to do. So you could say I sort of failed at, uh, at the start of my sort of teaching career. I didn't get on straight away. And then I did the postgrad and I worked in some challenging schools in the northwest of England. And they really taught me about how you need to be able to have people skills, you need to be able to have relationships with students and how important it was to create those relationships from the, from the go. We had policemen on site um, at one of the sites to make sure safety and make sure kids were getting into classes on time. But it really helped me to say, if I can teach here, I can teach anywhere. And then after finishing my postgrad, I actually was on supply for a year and I didn't actually secure a full-time teaching position. So for those people that are listening and they, they're coming towards the end of their postgrad certificate and they've not uh, got towards the, their job or anything like that, then something not to really threat about because you, there will always be opportunities for you. So once I finished my uh supply agency work after that first year I'd actually secured a position as a lecturer sport at sixth form college and I did that for four years and to be honest I really enjoyed uh, not just the camaraderie of the department but loved teaching that age and I was responsible for teaching the majority of the practical sport both individual and team uh, along with rules and regulations a lot of BTEC sports coaching with a, a little bit of a level tied in there as well after five years of teaching then, that takes me up to, I decided that there's got to be a, a different challenge out there. So I actually left for China and I went to work in a quite a traditional school in China with an international division. And we had three and a half thousand kids. So it was a relatively big school. After about six months, I knew it wasn't the place that I could see myself long term. Um, the standards of teaching wasn't up to where I was used to at the sixth form college we'd been outstanding for I think 15 years so you, you start to set yourself your own work ethics and your, your work targets and I stayed for another year after that and then took a position up in the Middle East in Saudi Arabia where I became a director of athletics, head of PE. And I'm, within these four years of teaching international, I was teaching from kindergarten all the way through to uh, grade 12, which is the equivalent of our 18 year olds here in the UK. So it really gave me a, a great background of teaching all the ages. But before I started my teaching career, I was, I was doing a lot of coaching. So I coached football, I coached swimming every Saturday. And while I was a lecturer, I'd work Monday through Friday as a lecturer. And then Saturday, I would teach swimming, which helped me to sort of look at those fundamental skills and how to adapt skills to teach to younger age. After that, I came back to the UK to study my master's, which I've just finished at the University of Birmingham within physical education and sport pedagogy. And now I'm on to my next venture, which is looking at helping teachers across the world using meaningful technology within PE, as well as still having a, a foot in the door in the classroom and teaching the teachers of tomorrow as well. Adam, I'm literally blown away with that response. If you don't mind, I need to just pick a few areas of what you've just said. Just relating to your granddad, if you don't mind. Can you reflect now in regards to some of the traits he had of how he communicated with you, which has worked in your teaching career? 
I hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. I think it was just the whole aspect. And one thing after speaking to my mum and my auntie um, about my granddad, that he always had a foot in the door within the classroom. He, he never just sort of hid away in uh, in his office. He always wanted to know every kid's name. He wanted to know, uh, still teach at least one lesson a week. And I know that is obviously harder with the demands of uh, schooling today. And I look back at old videos of, for example, birthday parties and just how fun he was to be around. Um, and we were always having a laugh and a joke. And I, I do feel that I bring that into my own teaching. I'm always very positive when I teach. Um, I'm always looking for that positivity and allowing kids to sort of be independent learners where they're looking at solving their own problems within classes. And I think that's definitely some traits that he's passed down to me uh, over the years. That is really great to hear. Just relating to your educational side now, how has your degree in support supported you now looking back from a teaching perspective? To be honest with you, I would say that, I, well, I did a, a sports science with a small bit of PE. It was a PE minor. And the reason for that was because at the time I wanted to go to Edgehill University because of the reputation it had within teaching. But at the time I was at university, they did not have a physical education only degree. They actually brought that in when I was into my second year of uh, my degree. It would mean me starting all over again, which obviously is something that I didn't want to do. But looking back, I would say the the experiences of my uh, international teaching career, working with teachers from all across the world, and then implementing models-based practice such as cooperative learning, teaching games for understanding, sport education, and having a real focus on those, and then following that up with the readings and the work on my master's, has definitely helped me to position myself uh, pedagogically of what I feel should be um, essential within the classroom. Just relating to your international teaching career, because this has blown me away of what you said with the work you've done in China. How did you make that decision? Because a lot of students who are graduating may just think of the UK to do teaching and may not think about going abroad. Can you explain that experience in a bit more detail of that decision? One of the main factors for me was that I found myself getting in the office at seven in the morning and not leaving till seven, eight o'clock at night. And I started to think there had to be a more of a work-life balance um, and it had to be somewhere, whether it was in the UK or further afield. And we actually had a in ex-England rugby coach come into the, the college and give us a chat and he did a training session with the lads and then he chatted with the staff afterwards and did a sort of question answer session and he gave lots of comparisons between teaching and coaching giving examples of how he'd um, gone into different sports such as swimming and synchronized swimming and how he'd used his own underlying coaching principles to go in and um, talk with these other sports and I found that really interesting and then he started he taught about something that has kept with me to this day and he said 99% of people live inside a box and they live a very happy lifestyle and it's very such going in and out they do their job they go home to their loved ones and I'm thinking yeah I've got lots of friends and even my mother and father and uh, family that are very much like that he, he then said the other 0.5% of people climb to the top of the box, they say they're going to do this, they're going to do that, but they never actually quite make it. And I thought to myself, yeah, I know quite a few people that say they're going to do everything, 
but they never actually do it. And then he said the other 0.5% of people jump out of the box and live a lifestyle and have experiences that some of us can only dream of. And I nudged my friend in in this talk and I said, that's going to be me. And that was literally the the sort of final nail in the coffin, the, the pushing point to actually go and make that jump. So I went, I handed my notice in literally a week or two after this and I looked for jobs abroad and uh, the job that I actually ended up taking was in Shanghai in China. Wow. Just from a physical education perspective with regards to the curriculum, is it the same? Is it different with their culture just from your experience? It really depends where you teach and what school you're teaching. I was working in an international division, so we had a sort of international curriculum. So we were mixing an American and an English curriculum. But you could work, for example, in a British school. You could work in an American school. When I moved to Saudi Arabia, I was working in an American school, looking at working with the American standards. So it really depends on uh, which school. But there's a host of British schools out there that follow the same curriculum that we do here in the UK. In your opinion... What core skills do you need to be a PE teacher? I think you you really have to be a team player and you have to be a great communicator because being in the positions I've, I've held and being part of those senior leadership teams, you have to be able to communicate with people and have the discussions and have the problem solving skills to be able to say, well, this is how we're doing it now. How can we improve it? And what solutions can we do do with that? But there's literally a host of uh, different skills that you're going to need as a PE teacher, and you're only going to learn those as you get on the job. Absolutely. And just relating to today's podcast topic, how can mobile learning support teachers in physical education? Well, it really goes back to when I first started teaching. I've always been interested. um, Ever since a young kid, I was always playing with Lego and Meccano and building things and, and trying to solve problems and looking at I think those sort of experiences that take me to where I am now is I try to solve something by, I, I say, my mantra is working smarter, not harder. And when I started at the college, um, I had, I'd had different things. I, I tried using uh, my, my iPhone at the time or I'd actually purchased a, a mini DV camera to do some sort of analysis with, with su- such things as Dartfish. And I remember when I first started out, we set up the camera that had wires going to a computer, which then had dartfish on it, which we would then be able to ghost trampolining experiences over the top of one another. And it was great, but it took so long to set up. And then when I was at the college, we would um, we would discuss different ways of doing it. So when I first took over the modules, they were, some of these kids were writing more uh, words than they probably would for a dissertation. They'd be having files and files of work of different sports uh, and just collecting all this evidence. So I completely changed it and went uh, digital portfolios where we would have a huge slideshow. And this is back when uh, I was using PowerPoint and we would have this huge PowerPoint where students would be able to import information in. And what we did was we would get flip cameras and they would record footage of themselves doing a different amount of skills. And then they would take screenshots from the video footage. 
and actually draw green and red arrows on it and then they could talk or write over that uh, underneath as, as the sort of PowerPoint notes to be able to get their, their grade. But now we can use stuff such as huddle technique or coach's eye on an iPhone or an iPad and huddle technique is free and we can do exactly the same but with le- a lot less wires, a lot less time spent looking for the, the correct uh, window and uh, kids can be doing it on their own devices as well, giving them that independent um, accountability for their own sort of uh, evidence. Just from your observation during a class, for example, what benefits do you see from a student's perspective? Well, you're always going to get students that um, don't like putting their hands up in class. They don't like answering questions. But by integrating technology, we're allowing them to have a voice within that classroom. And we're also allowing students to be able to access images, videos, um, tutorials, stuff that we could not do when we were at school. We'd be looking at textbooks to, to see a heart beating in a sports hall, which you can do now. It's literally unbelievable using the AR technology and the VR technology. It's just making it more interactive, which I think sounds fantastic. Just what inspired you then to set up your own blog? Well, I was there and uh, I was in, when I first started my blog, I just started experimenting with the Google tools and experimenting with certain technology within my lessons, having some cross-curricular links, for example, with maths. And I had my football team measuring the speed of their, their kicks using technology. And we decided, I decided that I should start sharing and I go back to my time in China where Twitter and Facebook and certain social media is banned. And I had a a friend of mine called Mike McMillan who used to be on Twitter all the time. And I'd say, what what, what are you looking at? He'd say, oh, this is is like the the Google of uh, ideas and what people are doing in their classes. And he introduced me to it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I need to maybe look into that. And I started following people and interacting with other like-minded individuals. And then what I did was I thought, well, I should actually share some of the stuff that I'm doing. I was using in my classes. I would share out on my blog, hopefully allowing teachers to work smarter and not harder. And like I said, that's my mantra that I want teachers, I want to share the knowledge that I have to help, especially physical education teachers become better practitioners and work more efficiently at times. Absolutely. It's something I totally agree with, with adding value to the world. Would you mind explaining to listeners then your project with regards to Charged Up Education? What's that all about? So last year I had, um, I'd been a Google Level 2 educator then for about two years. And I decided to put a project together and I found that in the past that I've sat in numerous professional developments and especially in a school environment it's really hard to cater for everybody and I'd always find that we would have a push on English or a push on maths or a push on science which is great but I never thought it was going to be something that I could I could maybe take bits from but it wouldn't be completely specific to a PE teacher or myself So what I decided to do was I put a project together to say, I want to try and help as many PE teachers as possible become more effective within their own practice. And I wanted to do that by creating an online uh, environment where teachers can interact with one another 
other. They can share resources and they can also take courses that allow them to learn certain skills such as using G Suite tools within a physical educational context. So the idea was that I put that towards the Google Innovation Academy, which used to be called the Google Teachers Academy. And out of just over 300 applicants, they picked 35 people. And there was only three from England that got picked, and I was one of the lucky three. So we all went down to London. We spent two days down there developing numerous different projects. And some of the projects that have come out are, are unbelievable. Uh, for example, there is a guy in the States who's converted a bus into a mobile technology lab. Um, other people have created apps to help students and teachers. Other people have created sites. So there's just so many great ideas out there that uh, teachers are trying to solve problems for their sort of community. So then after that, I had a year to put the project together and it really started off as uh, one idea and then it sort of snowballed into a couple of ideas. So Charged Up Education now is uh, a blog site where I have a number of uh, Google educators that will come on and they will write blogs and they're not specific to PE, though some articles are. And then there is also the Academy and the Academy is an exclusive uh, community that allows teachers to go in and share resources, take courses, uh, discuss it within groups. And it really is, we have over 350 members now, and it really is starting to grow. So it's a, it's an opportunity for me to interact with them and them to interact with them, uh, us as well. I find this absolutely fantastic. Just going back to your career now, what have you been up to recently? So more recently, I've been doing a number of uh, events around the world helping teachers. Um, I luckily enough go and travel to certain parts. And just in this next academic year, I've, I'm going to Egypt to help some of the British schools. Uh, this academic year, uh, I've gone to Dubai, I've been to Hong Kong, I've been to Germany, all working within the PE conference um, circle, helping PE teachers around the world. And then uh, in November this year, I will be off to Japan looking at the Learning 2 conference. Um, and then I, I also do some talking and speaking for Google Apps events, which is part of the Google for edu and helping teachers from English, math, science, every single subject, help them to really embed the Google tools within their own uh, pedagogical models. And then on top of that, I've been also doing some associate work for the local university, which is Edge Hill. Sounds like you've got a lot on, but sounds really exciting. Adam, just on a personal note, what have you enjoyed the most from your sports career journey looking back right now? I think... Up until this point, I think it's when you have that sort of awesome lesson when you've introduced something or you've been working on a certain pedagogical model and you see those light bulb moments from the students and they just go, yeah, I understand that. And I think it's for me, it's those little light bulb moments that I take away and think, yeah, brilliant. That's that's job done. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, and it's great to hear that with regards to the engagement with students. And I tell you what, Adam, you certainly inspired me during this chat, and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to students who want to pursue a career in physical education? I think just never give up. Um, 
carry on on your journey. If it's something that you really want to do, just never give up. And I am, I've always worked hard of, of what I wanted to achieve and I'll carry on to work hard to where I want to be. And I think just, just don't give up. Don't, don't get um, complacent and always look at learning something new. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly learning. And if I ever walk into a room and think I'm the most knowledgeable person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Great piece of advice, Adam. I really do hope the listeners take that on board. I certainly have. How can people interact with you online? So online, I am at Mr. Adam PE, which really came from my time uh, internationally where everyone used to call me Mr. Adam. Um, and then it was Mr. Adam PE teacher. So they can get me on Twitter at Mr. Adam PE, or they can also follow my charged up EDU uh, Twitter handle as well. And on Facebook, I have Mr. Adam PE Facebook page and on Instagram as well. That is fantastic. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Adam, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for inviting me. What a fascinating career journey from Adam, and I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For me, it's the journey that inspired me the most during our chat, especially that it all started with Adam's grandfather, which... I think, in my opinion, has really rubbed off on him with regards to his fascination of learning and teaching. But most of all, what I admire the most from Adam is taking that leap of faith by really exploring teaching at a global level, really exploring teaching in China and then the Middle East, and then bringing back all his learning and sharing it to the world with regards to his blog. For me, that's why I enjoyed this conversation so much and I hope you do too if you want to pursue a career in teaching. I know our main podcast topic was with regards to technology and mobile learning and I hope you got a better understanding that mobile learning can have an impact to a student's point of view in a learning environment. I hope you take on board Adam's career journey and apply it to your teaching ambitions today. Good luck and take action. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Adam said, don't give up, don't get complacent, and always look at something to learn something new so you develop throughout your teaching career.